Are you ready for an experienced manager to help you take your music career to the next level? Find out now by taking the Are You Ready for a Manager assessment at managemymusiccareer.com. Before we jump into the podcast, let me shine the light on one of you. This review is from iTunes, and it is from Faye Marie Music. She says, Rick Barker is amazing. Why, thank you very much. I never liked when someone beat around the bush. I need to hear things as they are without them being sugarcoated. Rick does just that. He gives clear, tangible insight on the music industry. I'm so thankful that he dedicates his time and energy to this podcast and in helping independent artists like me. He's helped me so much on my music journey, and I'm forever grateful. Was this review helpful? I am going to say yes. If you take the time to leave a review, I definitely take the time to read them. And who knows, you could be featured on one of the podcasts. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Okay, let me set up this episode of the podcast because it's very different. I just recently got back from the DIY Musician Conference where I was speaking uh, for CD Baby, and I ran into a buddy of mine, Brian Calhoun, and we decided that I was going to be a guest on his podcast. Brian and I always have very interesting, uh, open, and candid conversations, so I decided to go ahead and push record on my phone while I was doing his podcast, so I'm going to take a little bit of what he'll share in a few months, but I thought this was very timely, so enjoy. So also, each episode, I wear a t-shirt of something that is somehow like independent, like an independent artist shirt, or somehow. So Unhooked Generation is uh, this uh, producer who's been doing like a bunch of like really cool like remixes and starting to put his own records out and stuff. Just oh, got it. Really cool guys. We actually went to high school together. It's nuts. Anyway. Um, so you got audio rolling on yours? Audio's rolling on mine. Yep, yep. I got audio on mine as well. So we're doing whatever you are. Cool. And, and this camera's framed up right? Yeah, yeah, set. yeah. It's You're rolling. You're good. And the paper's in the phone is out of the frame. Okay. It's really tight on you. Luckily, you're pretty. Oh, man. No. Yeah, yeah. We need the thin <laughs> lens on me. <laughs> no, dude. I said the same shit. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I, it's like they had a shirt. I was like, I can't wear this shirt. My it's guy sent me tight. a picture the other day. He's like, dude, this is where it looks like you ate a third grader, you know? And it's like, <laughs> And that was last year. I mean, on stage, I showed this yesterday. I showed a picture. I was 260-something pounds on stage last year at the CD Baby Conference. Yesterday, I was 210. Wow. So it was like, was awesome. and I showed the picture. Yeah. I said, I heard. You said that. Yes, you said that. Yeah. Day before yesterday when I saw you. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's it was awesome. one of those things. It's like, well, we can talk about it on the podcast. It'll be fun. So I told right, him, I cool. said, I heard a lady speak Discipline. at a conference, and finally I heard the message. And at each point in our lives, we will all hear the message at some point. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. All right, hey, stop talking. Yeah, we'll get into this. We'll this, 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 this is good. good. This is good. Yeah. All right. Where are you going? Um, all right. All right. Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm super excited to be joined today by Rick Barker, who is the founder of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast and also worked extensively with Taylor Swift and uh, is incredibly knowledgeable about uh, the, the the music business, especially working with uh, indies. Thanks for joining us, man. Dude, I'm excited to be here in Austin. Oh, Sit down and hang with you. It's it's oh. like it's once a year. I need to come see you in Atlanta so I can stop right. in Chattanooga at Sugar's Ribs because I absolutely love Sugar's Ribs. And my okay. wife is always like, get that barbecue sauce, get that barbecue sauce. But <laughs> we're across from a famous barbecue sauce. We Stubbs. We are. Right we here are. in Austin. I'm we're excited up. to be here. Thank you. And, yeah, man, thanks for coming. And, and, and I got to get to Nashville more often, too, so I can see you. We have a, we, it's, we're, we're right on the 24. I know. Or Come through. Ch- I'll, I'll tell you what. When I come, we'll meet I'll stop Chattanooga. In Chattanooga. We'll just meet in Chattanooga. Or, or if I come to Nashville, I'll just stop in Chattanooga and get you some barbecue sauce. Perfect. All right. All right. Uh, man, thanks so much for being here. Um, let's let's get into it. I, you know, you know, I've, I've seen you speak. Uh, the first time I saw you speak was at the CD Baby conference, uh, and we're in awesome CD Baby conference again right now for this recording. Um, and I just feel like you have a, you, you speak in the right way. I think to the independent musician. Thank um, you. And provide really valuable, tangible advice that is that with takeaways that are actionable, which is something that I really stress. And so I'm appreciative of you for doing that. Thank you. Certainly, the community is appreciative of you for doing it. Um, you know, you talk about a lot of things. So what I'd like to start with, which is where I first, you know, first saw you talking about was was about the role of social media. And I think there's some misconceptions about it that are widely accepted. Uh, but you kind of dispel some of those notions and talk about strategies. So tell me what you think the role of social media is for an indie musician. Well, the role of social media for anyone is to build relationships. It wasn't built as a marketing tool. And unfortunately, marketers got a hold of it. And as like, and I'm a marketer right. and you're a marketer. That's right. Uh, marketers got a hold of it and was like, holy cow, we can get directly to the consumer. Let's just go sell them a whole bunch of stuff. And what people didn't realize at that point was, is it started scattering Mm. everyone. And what I really tried to- What do you mean by it started scattering everyone? People stopped showing up. People Mm. stopped engaging. Mm. People started looking at it like, oh gosh, I've got to do social media. It's like if you have a tool that can get you in front of the world on a daily basis and it's free, yeah. and all you have to do is invest your time and not be an a-hole, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to use it? Right. You know. So what I'm really trying to do is to say, okay, each social media platform speaks its different language. Let's find out the platforms that your potential audience is hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Let's go get involved in the conversation. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to start the conversation. There's a lot of great conversations going on right now, whether it be about movies that's out, uh, it's a, a CD that was released, something that's going on in the world. Let's get involved in those conversations where your potential fan is hanging out. And then when the time is right, let's drop the music on them. Let's drop, mm-hmm. wow, that inspired me to write a song or 
that song changed my life and made me want to be a songwriter or I started playing guitar when I heard John Mayer. You know, it's like now you're in the conversation and now you can slowly drift them over to you. Everybody wants it instant. Musicians, young people, older people who've been going at this for a while, I really talk about patience. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I just recently on my podcast told the Chinese bamboo story that, you know, for four years, all the building and the growing and the nurturing is going on below the surface. Yes. We don't see it. Right. And then all of a sudden it's 80 feet tall. Right. They're afraid to do because they can't see it. They just see Beyonce as bamboo. They right. just see right. Jay-Z or Taylor and go, well, I want to be bamboo. What they didn't see was everything that was going on underground. You've worked with some very famous people. It's a lot of trouble, you know, a lot. a lot of drama, a lot. a lot of losses, a lot of failures that all went on underground. We just see the bamboo. We just right. see the end result. So that's another thing. It's like when you get on social, no one woke up. With a million followers. That's right. And now it's even harder to get a million followers. Yet, in addition to that, and I'd love for you to address this, is like the way reach is limited to manage expectations. Yes. Uh, A lot of artists are surprised to find out that even if you have a million followers, if you make a post, a million people don't see it. And the reason for that is because followers can be bought, likes can be bought, subscribers can be bought engagement cannot be bought and now Facebook and Instagram and everyone else who charges for for advertising see what they're where they make their money is through the advertising yes so what they're gonna do is they're gonna say okay if we're going to organically allow Brian to see Rick's post we want to know that the content that Rick's been posting has been engaging to Brian that Brian's either maybe like something scrolled down now you don't even have to hit the why if you pause on it long enough ai now knows how much time you spent looking at that whether you touched it or did anything it says okay brian went down and he paused on rick's post maybe he was reading the long form content so they're going to allow you to see more of my post now for those people that you've watched people heck in the urinals in the airports walking down the street everybody's just taking their phone and they're sliding down well that's not doing much for your engagement so facebook's like I don't want to upset Brian. So if Rick's content isn't engaging to Brian, I'm just not going to show it to him. But if Rick would like to get that message to Brian, he can pay for it. That's still okay. Right. It's like a real business, which all of us are, you must pay. It's like those billboards aren't free. Those Super Bowl ads aren't free. Those commercials on TV aren't free. But all of a sudden, you know, we're, oh man, Facebook wants to charge us to get in front of somebody who's going to potentially give us money. Well, duh, it's a business. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. They spoiled us. We were joking earlier. I said, Facebook is probably the best drug dealer in the world right now (laughs) because they'll give you crack and you'll get hooked on it. You'll get excited and then they start charging you for it. It's exactly what a drug dealer does. Right now, Instagram is giving out the free drugs. So go do Instagram stories, Instagram live. That's the jam right now. You're going to get a lot of Organic reach, as they say. But the thing I love about Instagram is it's the only social platform right now that if you go live, it will notify every single one of your followers. It'll drop a notification right at the top and say, Rick Barker's now live. That's Mm -hmm. valuable. So people are going to wait. They're going to not get on that bandwagon right now. Then all of a sudden they're going to see it and try it for the first time and then it's going to cost them and they're going to go, dude, what happened? It's like, 
keep up to date on these things. There's so many valuable things that we can do if you just stay up to date on it. But social is a tool to build relationships. And when the time is right, ultimately you want to get them to your email address list anyway because that's the only thing mm-hmm. you own. Right. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram or Twitter. So, so tell me about what, uh, and tell the audience more about the specifics of the value in the email address. Like, why is it valuable? Like, we can say it, but like, what sure. is, how do you tie that to value? Not everyone is going to see your social posts. Not everyone's going to see your advertisements, but everyone will get your email. Whether they open it or not depends on how you built that relationship in the beginning. So right now, we're really, as a, as a teaching community in the music space, Cheryl Beinglehart, myself, there's you know Amy Porterfield, there's Jenna Kucher, there's all these great folks that are really teaching you how to build relationships with your list, but that's the reason why. Everyone will get your email. Not everyone will see your social post. Now, what we're doing is trying to teach you how to tell stories and not be that person that, because if you send an email and it's a big picture and a shiny object and all this stuff, the brain says sales. Somebody's trying to sell me something. I want it to say, hey, Brian, it's Rick. By the way, I just shot this cool video on how to up your Instagram game. Click here. Let me know how it works for you, Rick. Just something quick, something simple. A lot of times we're putting way too much stuff in it. We have to treat it as we're writing to a friend. Jason Flatelin has a fantastic book called One to Many. Okay. And that's the concept. You're talking to one, it's just hitting many. So how do you do that where it still feels personable in a very crowded, loud, big, noisy world? Right. So so there's also uh, another cool tool that I talk about with respect to advertising. So I want to kind of tie some okay. of these things together that, I, that also I, you've talked about before um, is just tying in social, tying in email, tying in advertising, building custom audiences using yes. email. Yes. So if you, now we're going to get technical, if you segment your list properly, you can take an email list that you have. Let's say, let's say you have an email list of the people who have purchased your CD. Mm -hmm. They buy your CD. You just go into your, if you're in MailChimp, just use MailChimp as an example. You look at the list and it says, and if you haven't segmented your list, do so. It's important. So I say segment your list. What do you mean specifically by that? Only uh, bought ticket to a show. Bought CD, bought merch. for oh, nothing. Nothing. They're just hanger outers yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. So the conversations with your different people are going to be different. So I have what's called an all buyers list. So this is someone who has purchased anything from me, whether it be my book, whether it be one of my coaching programs, yeah. whether it be a one-on-one mentorship. I have a buyers list. So I upload that list into Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook will analyze that. If that's the email address that they've used in their Facebook account, Facebook's will go look at all their habits and say, okay, I'm going to go find an audience that's a lookalike audience of this. They like music. They're whatever their traits are on Facebook. Facebook's going to take that list and they're going to go build me an audience. Uh, it's called a lookalike audience and you can get a 1% lookalike, which is as close as we can get 2%, 3%, 10%. Then you send your message out to them. The key when running ads of any kind, the key when posting on socials of any kind, Russell Brunson teaches this, hook, story, offer. Now I was making a huge mistake. I was trying to get people to sign up for my book. And what I would say was, grab a free copy of Rick Barker's book, The $150,000 Music Degree. Boom, picture of me and the book and a link for people to go to the book. First off, 
Who the heck's Rick Barker? What's the value that they're going to get from reading this book? I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, they just don't want a book. That's the feature. They want the benefit that the book's going to bring them. So we started looking at the different chapters in the book. Are you ready for a manager? Grab a free copy of Taylor Swift's former manager, Rick's book, The 150000 yeah, yeah. Now that's the hook. Here's the story. Here's the offer. Same picture of the book. It's just the way that it was hooked in. And if you're throwing up your brand new CD, it's like, my brand new CD's out. Click here to buy it. In the vein of blank, blank. This, you know, give some kind of hook that's going to get their attention. Whether it be an email, whether it be... Because the very first... The subject line gets the email open. Right. The first words, first sentence gets them to sentence number two. So everything needs to be really planned out and thought out. And I was doing a terrible job of that. And I was listening to Amy Porter's Field podcast and she was speaking one to many. And I heard the message loud and clear. I'm like, holy crap. It's like I, I've done a terrible job in onboarding my new client. It's like I assume that they're just going to know how to log in and sign up for the membership site. And I don't send an email two days later or immediately making sure that they got in and two days later making sure they're getting everything that they need. And the same thing goes for an artist. It's like if they discover you and they get on your email list, don't sit around and wait six months till your next show in that town to email them again. Take them on the journey. You control the journey. Welcome them. Whatever they gave you. You promise them to get their email address. Make sure you deliver that. A couple days later, make sure that they listen to it. A couple, you know, a week later, send them another something for free. You know, couple week later, give them a video that you hadn't brought up in a while. That's maybe your best video. Just don't assume that they're going to find it. And then on the fifth one, give them a discount code to go to your merch store, your Shopify page or something. Just don't go, hey, welcome to my thing. Here's all my music. Go buy it. Here's this. It's like, let's take them on a journey. Let's build that relationship. Yeah, a piece of uh, advice I got from uh, some time ago, which uh, is really great, is don't make a point without telling a story. Don't tell a story without making a point. I love that. And it's been super effective for me with respect to communicating. Sure. Uh, I tell that story to make a point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but, uh, so, um, and anyone who's not on your email list should get on your email list because you write amazing emails. Oh, thank Circa you. and I were talking about that last night. Oh, so man. if you want to awesome. see good emails, and that's what you should do too. If you want to be good at anything, learn from the people that are doing it. I sign up on people's email list just to go through their funnel. I... I don't buy things that I know I'm going to buy just because I want to see the email follow-up sequence to see what steps they're going to take to ultimately That's get brilliant. me to buy. And I, and I reverse engineer it. It's like, oh my gosh, that was... So brilliant. some people will go to me going, dude, I know you like my stuff, but you still haven't bought yet. I just said, no, I want to keep seeing the emails. When I said no... Because that's what I want to do. I want to be able to nurture people the way you nurtured me. I, I, I'm already in on your stuff, wow. so they laugh. That's so, a really smart idea. So here's how you do that, though. I have a, a, I call it my no email, and it's just a Google email yeah, that yeah. I made up that whenever I want something, but I want to go through the no, it's called email sequence. Yes. I, I use that email, and then the stuff that I want, I get, because then I want to see the sequence that happened after I purchased to see how... Some of the best people in the world, because yeah. all of you, whatever, if you're in business, you're a marketer. Whether you want to yeah. say that or not, you are a marketer. 
There's a difference between marketing and sales. Most of you try to sell before the marketing. The marketing happens, then the sales happens. Relationship, the marketing, the sales. Everyone else goes into the sales without marketing. Mm-hmm. So learn from these folks and see how, if you had a good experience, duplicate that experience. So, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. What, what is a reasonable budget to for an NDRs to think about with respect to allocating towards Facebook ads, Instagram ads. So it really depends on what your conversion uh, objective is. If you're going to try to get emails or send them to a link to your website, that budget's going to have to be higher if you want to reach the masses. What I like to start with are video views and video conversions because yes. you can get them for pennies. And then once you retarget... Can you please talk about this in more detail? Because this was actually... I had a bit of an aha moment with that you. That was the very first... That was the session I did last year. Yes. So, so you, you talked about not just people who watched the video... Yeah. It's people, but people who watched... A certain amount of the video. A certain amount of the video. Please, please, yeah. please share so that. So in your show notes, you could link to the CD Baby conference. If they go to CD Baby's Facebook page and click videos, it's there. Or you could put a link in the show notes. I will do that. So the concept of this was, is that we're in a time business right now. So we want to be able to say, if you only get 15, 20 minutes of time and you're scrolling through your feed. And as an artist, I ask you, you don't know me. But I uploaded my whole three and a half minute video. Someone's, they're not gonna stop. They're just gonna scroll by it. So that did a couple things. One, they didn't listen to you at all. Two, it told Facebook they're really not interested in you at all. So it had some really negative effects. So what I was trying to think of is okay, how do I get their attention? What's my hook? So the hook for me was let's do 30 to 40 second versions of very popular songs. So I had a acoustic pop redheaded female artists doing Post Malone's better now. And we, we hooked them in there. So when they watched the video, what we did was, is we want to train the audience. I said this yesterday. I said, do you guys understand what 31 means in the music industry today? So if I asked you, what does 31 stand for? What is the purpose of 31? What would you say? 31 seconds to get a view, to get a stream. 31 seconds to get paid. Same concept. In the streaming world today, it's got to be from start to 31. You get paid at 31. So what we want to do is train an audience. So if the average watch time on a video on social is six seconds, Mm -hmm. why would I try to build an audience of six second viewers? So what we did was we put that video up and everyone who watched it for at least 50%, we showed them a video over a minute and a half. I'm still only spending pennies to get this done. But what I'm doing is I'm building a list that when I retarget to get them to go to a website or get them to go to Spotify or get them to leave the platform of Facebook, because these people have already engaged, my cost is lower. So I basically, I'll tell you for me and my business, I spent, I had a video that was, uh, I have a webinar that I was doing called How to Become a Social Media Ninja in Under an Hour. So I took part of that video, which was the four social media platforms you need to be on, nine and a half minutes long. People would say, you are nuts for putting a nine and a half minute long video on. So I put the nine and a half minute video on for $700. I had over 6,000 people watch 25% of that. But what was even more impressive is I had over 3,000 people that watched 100% of it. 
So if I have 3,000 people that watched 100% of this video, how hard is it going to be for me to invite them to the training to watch the rest of what I just taught them? It wasn't hard at all. So I was able to acquire leads for uh, some days it was for a dollar, some days it was for a little under a dollar. I got a couple of them for two bucks. But when you have back-end product, which all of you should, if you haven't started recording music or the t-shirts or the hats or anything like that, that's your back-end product. Don't be so nervous about what it acquires because once you acquire that fan and they spend money with you that uh, washes out the cost of what it took to acquire them, now everything else you make is 100% profit. It's like you're, you don't have any fan acquisition cost anymore. Yep. They yep. go into this new pile of people yep. over here that you're able to make additional mm-hmm. offers for. So if you're just starting out with video views, I like to keep my ads running uh, for a dollar a day because the algorithm is constantly, the pixels constantly firing. That's a whole, just go into Google and say how to set up a Facebook pixel, how to run a Facebook ad. It'll show you. You can go on the CD Baby page. I have stuff that teaches it as well. But once you find out what it is and what it's doing, you want to constantly let it learn. Yeah. And understand your Man. audience and things yes, like that. Yes, so, that is that is yeah. definitely something I've been preaching to for us is that you should always have your ad campaign running. Yeah. Always be running, running stuff. So I want to talk a little, shift gears a little bit uh, into the role of manager. Yeah. So aside from, so one of the things I talk about in the Music Business Toolbox is the, the 10 uh, key business relationships that an artist has. Number one is your fellow bandmates, your, your, co- your co-creators. Number two is a manager, mm-hmm. right? So I know it's something you've been talking about extensively. Sure. Uh, you know, I work with an artist management company and you know I know the value, but like, I think there's still, again, you know, it's one of those things where there's sort of like misconceptions there are. Uh, uh, about, uh, about who a manager is and what they do um, and what they should be doing and what you should uh, expect from a manager. Sure. So I'd love for you to go into some more detail, especially for emerging artists who are thinking about how do I get management? Well, the first things first is that you need to understand that a manager is an employee of you. The manager works for you. Mm-hmm. And in most situations, almost all situations, employees should be paid for the services that they do. That's right. Now, management in the 21st century is a little different than management what helped manage even 10 years ago. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this. So there's, there's two types of managers. There's the manager and then there's the day-to-day manager. Sometimes that role is both. So with Taylor, I was her manager and I was her day-to-day manager, but I was also paid a salary, which is very uncommon. You need to understand, if you're in a big management company, the management company is paying the day-to-day manager. Now, if you're a new artist and you're not generating income yet, their bigger clients who are generating income for the management company is offsetting the cost of them to be able to develop you and defer commissions or then that's a whole different conversation. So right now you need to be a business that they feel that they can monetize because that's the only way they make their money. They have to be paid some way. So early on, a manager is going to be, you've got your big picture guy. They're going to sit down and say, okay, uh, let's talk about the brand. Let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about your weaknesses. Let's talk about your strengths. Find somebody who's going to hold you accountable. Find someone 
who is not going to make excuses. Find somebody who, if they don't have the answers, they can go out and get those answers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important that you find someone who understands your vision. They may not necessarily have to have had major success today because it's really hard to get those guys because it's, it's even, our industry has changed. It takes longer to get the money now. Unless you're actively touring, we're now splitting percentages of pennies versus splitting percentages of dollars. So when we're having to wait for streaming income from the major artist in order to pay this art, it's like, no, 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 no. The game's changed. So you need to go out and find someone who can help you. You need to go learn and be educated. And that's what I really started looking at. I was telling people, you need to go find a coach, a mentor. Well, that's not what people wanted to hear. Now in the entrepreneurial space, I spend a lot of money on coaching yeah. and mentorship every every year. Yeah. Uh, so I was sitting down and I'm like, look, I, I do the same thing as a coach and a mentor as I do as a manager. The only difference is, is that I'm not going to lock somebody in under contract. I'm not going to sit around and wait for a percentage that could take years because all the manager's work's done on the front end. There may or may not be a back end. So how can we fix this? How can we reframe and say, okay, you're paying for vocal lessons, you're paying for your attorney, you're paying for guitar lessons, you're paying for equipment, but I'm supposed to do everything for free. What's the, where's the, where's the reality in that? It's like, I'm doing everything to help get you out into the world. So we, Reach. Have, well, it's just, it's times have changed. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's all times have changed. I myself have had artists that I've gotten major label deals for, publishing deals, managed for two and three years that I never made a dime on. And I worked my tail off for them. And then I'm like, no, not anymore. It's like, it's a business expense. It's like, if if you can't, I said something and, and I'm not here to push anything, but I said, I have the opportunity for you to be able to work with me for a whole year, for $1,000 for the year. If having the manager that launched the biggest star in the world that spends 50 grand of his own money every year to stay up to date on everything that's going on in social media and staying tied in and understands what's going on in the business and you as a business owner can't value less than $100 a month, you're in the wrong business. That's right. Period. Yeah. Once again, I want to say thank you to Brian Calhoun for allowing me to share that. And I can't wait to share the full episode with you in a couple months when he launches his podcast. So are you ready for a manager? It's real easy to find out. Take the manager assessment. Go to managemymusiccareer.com. That's one word, managemymusiccareer.com. Take the free manager assessment and you will thoroughly be enlightened. And you'll also be invited to a free training. Also want to say thank you uh, once again for leaving the reviews. It means the world to me. I love featuring you on the podcast. If you get a chance to do so, that would be greatly appreciated. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Ciao. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. 